we have courage to do something we wouldn't normally do. So I just want to dive in. If you notice, we did something a little different. Now, some of you might be keeping track. Normally, we sing about three songs, and then I come over here. But today, we did two. Let me tell you why, so you know where we're going. We did two songs because of this. Because we're going to jump into something that we feel like is pretty profound as a family. And then we want to give us time to sit and rest in it. You know, we want to give us time that we can begin to pray and sit in it. Some of you might have a prayer request. James chapter 5 is clear. Now, whether you believe it or not, God's word still reigns true. God taught me that early on. It doesn't matter what you believe, John. It matters what I say. And so what happens, we'll have some old elders and be here to pray with you. There'll be prayer leaders over you, deacons. People, people that don't even... We just get to pray. And so we want us to have a time to sit in what does it look like in the mercy of God. Because everywhere you and I go, we don't get mercy. Come on. I mean, all we're doing, if you go on social media, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, I love social media because it's legalized stalking. And, and some of you just let me into your life, and I'm thankful. I mean, I know it's like love John at a distance. I, I get it. You know what I mean? It's like in public, it's like, you know, but in all media, like you can see your stuff. And so I, I understand that everything around us is just judgment. It just pound every candidate, pound every situation. Everybody's got an opinion. And listen, I understand, you know, people are, are entitled to their opinions. But I will say this, opinions aren't right. There's only one who's right, and his name is Jesus. I mean, think about it this way. If Jesus ran for office in America, he'd be voted down. <laughs> right? But with us, he's not voted down. He's lifted. Well, anyway, you get the point. My point is, is that God wants to do something miraculous. We've got to sit in this today. And, 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 and I pray that the Holy Spirit would open us up. Because mercy triumphs over judgment. It jobs in relationships. All it is, is it's, it's judgment is you... I, you know, I face this a lot. John, you didn't do this the right way. You didn't do this the right way. You didn't do this the right way. And what I love about God is God said, John, I never expected you to do it the right way. That's why I sent Jesus. Isn't that great? Like, when Jesus, what happens is God is saying, listen, mercy triumphs over judgment. And everybody wants to judge this and judge that and judge this. And I love, I love when people throw out, don't judge this, you be judged. You know, all this stuff. I mean, they try to just take scripture out of context and back to chapter I just, I just giggle a little bit because the fact is, what's great is that mercy triumphs over judgment. And so we walk in the mercy of God. So I want us to, I want us to look into something today. The, the gospel gives us mercy. So we're going to start this series going in even the next month. What does it look like with mercy? What does it look like? How mercy triumphs over judgment. And what, is that, and what does that mean for us? And so I want to I, I say this about something. One thing I love about something. Some of you go, why is there like, it gets bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller. Well, <laughs> excuse me. Our goal is to send out 200 people every four years. That's just something that we want to do. We want to send out people because we believe that that's what God wants. I mean, think about it. So we got people... We've got people going from where in Florida to Pennsylvania to Tennessee to Georgia. I mean, they're just everywhere to overseas. We just send people. Why? Because that's what God wants us to do. Yeah, we need a core people here. We need a core where we can work together. But God has got to do something miraculous. And He can. Matthew chapter 3. Let's turn there. 
Matthew chapter 3. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Whenever you feel the world closing in on you, remember, we have mercy. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee, that's the Nazareth area, the northern part, way above Jerusalem, to John at the Jordan, maybe the Jordan River, to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him. You know, I love when he says John in the Bible because it really relates to me. Like, I'm always trying to stop God. Can I get a witness? Mm -hmm. Amen or on me. Right? I'm always trying to stop him. No, 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 Jesus. No, no, we ain't, we ain't doing that. You come with me. I'm not coming with you. Okay, never mind. Right? Saying, I need to be baptized by you. And yet you come to me. Jesus answered him, allow it for now because this is the way for us. For us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus is doing something in and through us to fulfill his righteousness. Then he allowed him to be baptized. After Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water and look what happened. The heavens suddenly opened for him. The righteousness of Jesus Christ creates as uh, this open heaven, as Bill Johnson would talk about it better, don't agree with everything he says, but then he's spot on all this. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him, and there came a voice from heaven, and notice who God identifies as the hero of the story. This is my beloved son. Here's the point of emphasis is Jesus. I take delight in him. Would you pray with me? Father, this is our prayer today. That, that you delight in Jesus. And if you delight in Jesus, then you delight in us because we are co-heirs with Christ. We walk with Christ. Your mercies are new every morning towards us. And so, Lord, I, I come and I just want to be straight up with you. I ask you to please forgive me and ask, and I thank you that you've forgiven us by the blood of Jesus. I thank you that you're filling us and continually filling us with your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you should continually remind us that we're made new, that our sins are washed away in the sea of forgetfulness, and that you have this plan and purpose. You have a will moving forward. You've invited us to join you and be a part of your will and your work on this earth that will reduce 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so, Lord, I come today and I pray that I don't come with wise and persuasive words, but I come with a demonstration of the spirit of power. Now, Lord, I have so much because of all that you shared uh, with me and all that you shared with Jeremy Knuckles and what he shared with me. And, Lord, I just, there's so much that I want to convey today that I feel like you want to say. I just pray that I don't mess it up. So I just want to come with a demonstration of the spirit of power so that people might rest and trust in Jesus. We love you, Lord. We bless you and we worship you and we give you all the glory. And all God's people said what? Amen. 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 So here's the idea. Here's where we're going today. The, the, the notes on uh, Facebook at Summit Church 
online, when you put, go onto Facebook and you look down to the left, you'll see the sermon notes. You, you'll be able to click on that and open that up. So I want you to know that they're there. But here's where we're going to go today. We're going to go to this idea that the gospel produces mercy. And, and how does God's gospel give us mercy? I want us to look at scripture in, in Matthew chapter 4. So when the heavens were open and the Spirit of God came upon Jesus Christ, at the beginning of his ministry, Jesus is roughly about 30 years old now, at the beginning of his ministry. This is now what we call his public ministry. And now he's moving with power and people are going to be raised from the dead. The blind are going to see. The ears are going to be, uh, the deaf be open. The mute are going to be able to speak. Uh, the sickness is going to be healed. Water is going to be going into wine. All these things are going to happen. Why? Because it's this public declaration of this is what it looks like when the Messiah comes. It's what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Everything that's wrong is put back to right. Come on, somebody. And Jesus, verse 1, was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Make it very clear. The Spirit of God doesn't tempt anybody. Come on. But the devil will tempt us. Now, don't say, let the devil make you do it. No, get some theology. James says that it's John Davis's wicked desires in his heart that when my wicked desires in my heart see the temptation, then I act on the temptation. I just want to let you know something, that the devil was created. He is not a God. Which means if he's created, his game plan is nothing new. Uh, Y'all didn't hear me. The game plan of Satan is the same game plan that he had in the garden. His strategy has not changed. And the reason why people don't understand the strategy is because they don't understand God's word. He's a created being, family. He doesn't come up with new stuff. He can't come up with new stuff. There's only one can create. There's only one who can take something out of nothing. There's only one who can bring order to chaos. And that name is above every name. So I want you to know when you're in school or when your feelings are going this way or somebody breaks up with you or a job goes this way or finances or you don't like circumstances or where you are or what's going on, I want you to know something. Sometimes you just got to hold on to Jesus. Because when we walk with the Lord, there will be a time that you and I walk in a wilderness. Why? Because Jesus made it very clear, no servant is greater than his master. Can I get a witness on that? If no servant is greater than his master, then whatever the master does, the servant, mm -hmm. So here we go. So the devil's tempted, but listen, it's not the devil made me do it, it's John Davis's wicked desires that Saul that saw the temptation and because my wicked heart wants it, I acted on it. If I'm not giving any credit to Satan, I am going to give all the credit to Jesus Christ to overcome anything and everything that I jacked up. After he fasted 40 days, 40 nights, don't even ask me to do it. That ain't happening. He was hungry. Praise God for the humanity of Jesus because I'm always hungry. Some of you in this room can relate. Some of you are like, I just don't ever feel hungry. Well, you in sin. All right, so. Then the tempter approached him and said, 
if you are the son of God, now let me just wait a moment. Satan doesn't come around when we're strong. That was good. I got like one that's right. Which, thank you very much. Satan does not come around when you're strong. You want to know why he doesn't come around when you're strong? Because he's weak. And listen, Romans says we will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. Why? Because our feet carry the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the gospel always destroys the enemy. Always. Then the tempter first one said, if you were the son of God, tell these stones to come bring. But he answered it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, number one, let me just say this. I just want to say this publicly. It's Satan knows my temptation. Let me. And he knows that you went to bread. He didn't say, here's the steak. So we're like, oh, steak. I'm like, ooh, yeastful. Right? I mean, that's the way it rolls. Y'all know how I roll with that. It's, it's interesting to me that scripture lines right up with my life. It's like, he, he's tempted with bread. I'm like, oh God, could you pick something else like a Twinkie? Could you pick a Snickers? Like, why well, you gotta pick bread? Like, I wonder like, if, it, if, like, if it was like butter. Like, well, what's going on here? It's interesting to me that in, in immediately that Satan tries to attack. And I'll put your numbers good on this because he's learning all this stuff and transferring it to me. Is that this? Here's where, here's where the gospel of Jesus gives us mercy. Number one, you ready? The gospel of Jesus Christ gives us mercy over our appetites. Mm -hmm. And see, immediately you're thinking food, but I don't want you to just land on food. Because appetite isn't always about bread. Appetite could be for that relationship. Appetite could be for that clothes. Clothing you want, appetite to be for those shoes. I, listen, listen, he gives us a victory over our appetites. That's one of the things. Listen, temptation comes when we're weak. Think about what counseling does. And all these counseling classes, stuff I have to take, and some of you in that. Think about, we, we talk about the, the triggers, uh, uh, the triggers where people get thrown into uh, porn, people get thrown into all this stuff. Think about triggers, right? Halt, right? Hungry. Angry. Angry. Lonely, tired. tired. I mean, those are just basic counseling techniques that you've learned and taught. And so, listen, he comes, he comes on the appetites, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. These are things when temptation comes. But Jesus responds with something. Look what he says there in that verse. Man must not live on bread alone, which means our appetites are not who we are. I might be hungry for this. I might be hungry to look like that. Oh, my hair could look like this. Oh, if I could just have that. If I could just have this. If I could, listen, Jesus says, that's what's not going to satisfy you. It's not going to satisfy me. It's not going to satisfy Robbie if he can sing like the voice of angels but have not love. He's only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. In God's eyes, he can't even listen. Because appetites will not satisfy. Satan has no new game plan, family. Genesis chapter 3. It's the same game plan as he did with Adam and Eve. It's the same game plan that he goes to Jesus. And by the way, let me just say this. If he went to Adam and Eve with it, and he went to Jesus with it, guess who else would come with it to? That's exactly right. Genesis chapter 3. Look what it says up here. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. 
What did Satan say then about Satan to Eve about the fruit? You will not certainly die. He's the father of lies. Of course they're going to die. Sin brings what, saints? Sin immediately. Listen, even as a believer, tell the truth. Even as a believer, when we sin, do you not feel distant from the Lord? And what's our first reaction? We don't want to deal with God. We want to justify. I, I, I want to justify. Well, God, you know I haven't cussed her out. Because she's great, great. I mean, God, you know I, I had to, I had to let them know because when they were, you know, they were acting crazy on I-26. Somebody's got to put them in their place because you're certainly not moving, Lord. You're living in a little graceland and mercy land. Well, somebody's got to bring judgment. I feel Romans 13 coming on. You will not certainly die. That's what God's going to say. And that's what, excuse me, Satan's going to say to us. He's going to lie. Listen, this won't kill you. If you sleep around, it will kill your relationship. If you do this, it's not going to hurt you. But see, mercy triumphs over our appetite. Look at what he says in verse 5. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open. Listen to, listen to Satan. Listen to the game plan. If your eyes will be open and you will be like God. In other words, if you fulfill your appetite, if you buy this and wear this and fulfill it, then you will feel like somebody. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for getting wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverage for themselves. What happens when we follow our appetites? When John Davis's follow his appetites, I realize I don't have what I need. Do you know what my appetite's leading me to? If my appetite is to go this way, it leads me to more shame. My appetite, if I follow my appetite and say, I'm only going to wear this and look like y'all, y'all make fun of me in my corduroys. I love my corduroys. <laughs> y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> see, uh, see, you don't know what it's like to be a fat kid in elementary school and have to wear huskies. I have to wear huskies. Does anybody, y'all don't even, some of y'all want huskies. What's that? If you grew up in the 70s and 80s, you know, in the 60s, you know what I'm talking about, Huskies. There was a special place in the store for you. Short and wide. And so, uh, and then wear smooth all out in the middle, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, look at him. But see, you know why I wear I wear the same shirt every Sunday. You know why I wear the same thing? Because my appetite is not what I want to wear. My appetite is the one who can give me something to wear. I, I, I want to remove everything because it can't be a fashion show. It's got to be a Jesus show. And I just want people to see that here's what's happened. It, it left them with shame. It left them with wanting more. Appetites me. You can't have enough shoes. I blows my mind, ladies. I don't know, but I know one person that I'm related to. And it's not money, because I can't afford it. But this person's got more shoes than I have stretch marks. Go ahead, Bishop. I've never seen so many shoes. You have a shoe. I've been wearing the same shoes now 
judge me. I mean, I've got fake insoles in this thing. By the way, they're pretty comfortable. I, you just got to do what you got to do. I, I don't care. So it's, I'm not saying you got to go around looking all homely now. I'm not saying that. God can only overcome so much. Just kidding. That was funny. I told you the Holy Spirit makes you hot. But my, my point is, is that, I mean, that's why I'm married. And, and so but, but the but point is, is that, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting down buying how they say that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that appetites lead us to a place where we, we don't have it. It's never enough. And our eyes are open and we want more. We want more. We want more. Following our appetites, scripture says clearly, always leads us to shame. 1 John 2.16 says this. He says, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Listen, I want to tell you all the hipsters in the room. See, y'all don't know. I'm just making a point, they're like Capri's on Camp Newton. See, some of y'all want to hear, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm not, listen, I am not going to wear skinny pants. Y'all forget about it. I, I want y'all to actually enjoy worship. Right? I have a, I mean, there's no okay to be a busted can of biscuits, but you ain't got to let anybody know about it. Right? Muffin tops and muffin bottoms don't always rock. But my point is, is that people are like, oh, look at this stuff. This was the 80s, people. Right? Come on, somebody. This was, hey, all everybody young in the room going, you mean it's not food? No. That's why the world passes away. Everything comes back around. Everything that you think is in style is going to go out of style and come back in style. That's, I'm not going to fix my pants here, but I'm just trying to tell you, see, y'all think, man, we could, we could rock it back in the day. We just need a disco ball and this place would be on fire. All right, so but I'm just saying what happens is, so how do we fight, fight our appetite? How do we fight this? We got we this idea, uh, there's this warning against forgetting the Lord. I got to move. This is so good. Oh, my word. Look at, look at verse 4. But he answered, it is written, man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's quoting Deuteronomy 8.3. If you go into Deuteronomy chapter 8, your, your, your Bible heading probably has, like, don't forget the Lord or, or something like that. He's, he's saying this, that what our appetites do, if we fulfill our appetites, we will forget God. But Jesus clearly says, but man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's the mouth of God, family. It's what happens. Appetites will take us away and help us forget. See, here's what I want us to see today. Let's keep going. I'm just going to speed this. Day. This is just too good. This is too good. Then the devil took him to the, to the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, now notice he, he takes him to the temple, right? The temple, this is where God and man meet. This is where, right, the holy of holies. Think about it. This is the most holy place, and Satan takes him from the wilderness to the most holy place, and he says this. Because he knew who Jesus loved. I'm saying, yo. And said to him, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Then he quotes Psalm 
He will give his angels orders concerning you, and they will support you with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And then Jesus comes back with Deuteronomy 6. Jesus told him, it is also written, do not test the Lord your God. So listen, here in the first test, here's the devil's scheme. You ready? His scheme number one is to get you to, to follow your appetites. I love what Jim does appetite. He learned that. It's to get you to follow your appetites. Now the next thing he does, he attempts Jesus on this. He says, if you're the son of God, so the next thing is that, that he tries to tempt us on his approval. Oh, this is good. This is really good. He tries to tempt us on approval. Think about what we want. We always want approval, don't we? And if we don't get approval, we're going to find a way to get approval. And so what happens is, Dave, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. His angels will take care of you. And Jesus says, I need God to prove to me what he's already told to me. I don't need God to prove that I'm a child of God when he's already told me I'm a child. Because you see, his word is his presence. I don't need God's provision to prove he is who he is. So we're all going to be tested on approval. He's going to try to test us on, on approval. See, what happens is, they, see, people want, want their own approval. They want approval from others. And here's what, so let's keep going. Look what happens. Uh, verse 8, again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go away, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I wish I had time to unpack this. I wish I had time to take you into Deuteronomy. I wish I had time to explain this to you. But let me just say this. Now the first thing Satan tells us is always on what? I didn't hear you. On what? Appetite. Always on the appetite. Credit numbers. And then the next thing he tempts us on is what? Approval. And the third thing he tempts us on, and that was what? Ambition. Ambition. I'm going to build my own kingdom. If I can't get anybody else's approval, I'm going to build my own kingdom so I can get something approved. Some people are so selfish, all they need is their own. Here's what I want you to know about this. Appetite, approval, and ambition, check this out. It's all rooted, these numbers that scarcity. When you don't think you have enough, you try to get more appetite. Right? And if you don't get somebody else's approval, you're going to go to anybody and anyone. Write in relationships, talk to me, somebody. We ever been there? To get approval. And if, if we don't get a people's approval, then what we're going to do is become more ambitious. So what I'm going to do, Robbie, is I'm going to get more degrees, and I'm going to get more degrees, and I'm going to get more money, and get more prestige and job. Why? So that I can have approval from man. Because I can get approval from man, then it shows that my ambition is real. So what happens is in this triangle, what happens in appetite, approval, and, and ambition, what happens is if we don't get approval, we always self-medicate to the next one. That was good. So if you don't have approval, if you don't have approval, then you will become more ambitious. And you will want more, you'll have to become more with more degrees and get more money and get more status. Why? Because the root of every problem is approval. The root of every problem is approval. We just want approval. And there's nobody's approval.
to satisfy except the name of Jesus Christ. Watch, I'll show you what I'm talking about. Some of these people in the room have had a little season in life. Y'all tracking me, aren't you? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You get in a relationship with somebody, right? And you're giving, and you're giving, and you're giving. And some ladies in this room, you don't become their lover, you become their mother. And then what they do is when they suck you dry, and you're shriveled up like a little old raisin, then they move on to the next guy. Or excuse me, the next girl. Why? Because they're just trying to find somebody else. Because you see what happens, your deep need is for approval. Our deep need is for approval. And so what happens is, when we don't get somebody's approval, we self-medicate an appetite. What if I just had this dress? If I just had this hairstyle? And if I just had this, these shirts? If I just had these pants? If I look this way, if I look this way, I would get approval. Men, sometimes we flow that way if you're a hipster, but otherwise if you're not like me, what we do is we flow in ambition. Well, if I just become more, if I get more, if I do more, then people will recognize who I am, that I am somebody. And Satan is, that's his schemes. It's the same game plan. It's the same thing. You will be like God, he told Adam and Eve. Why? Because he was tempting them to say, do you really have his approval? Because if you have God's approval, then why does he say you can't eat from the fruit? The reason why he said you can't eat from the fruit is because you have the approval that he wants to be in right relationship with us. The need is approval. At the end of all these temptations, throw yourself down from the temple. If you're the son of God, throw yourself down. And all that kept saying was, Jesus, don't put the Lord your God. I, I love Jesus is responding because he already had the Father's approval. He already knew, right? The heavens open. Isn't it interesting? Come on, somebody. Isn't it interesting in Matthew chapter 3? This is my beloved son in, in whom I am. It isn't it interesting that he had God's approval before he ever went into temptation? If you want to know how to defeat temptation, you've got to have God's approval. Because you see, when I have God's approval, I have God's swag, and it don't matter what anybody else says. People can come out there, you're serving stone. Well, thank you, Jesus. Next. You didn't say this right. You didn't say that right. You missed this. You missed that. What about this theological point? What about this? Listen, all I got to say is if, the, if Jesus says it's okay, it don't matter what the world says. But see, when I have God's approval, then I don't walk in arrogance. I can understand that I have mercy. And mercy, mercy trumps judgment every time. Mercy destroys judgment. So what happens is when the world around us starts getting tough, negative space, Things start going, maybe plans or we're living in a out-of-know world right now. We're living in a single world right now. You're living in a, a ninth-grade world right now. You, you're just rejecting God because you don't even care about God. And you're looking around because you don't, none of this stuff is important to you. But what happens is you're still seeking approval. i got to get a bigger boat. If I get a bigger boat, then maybe I'll be somebody. Or i got to go get this, or I'll be somebody. Or maybe if I get a better job, or bring home more money, then maybe start, people start treating me with respect. Here's what I want you to know. People will never be able to meet what only Jesus can be. Never. That's the scheme of the devil. Firing arrows. Somebody walked out on your life. They don't love you. Your parents rejected you. Look at you. You're not where you need to be at this point in your life. Negative space. 
so we won't be this negative space that we think, God, you can't use me. Let me show you about negative space. Negative art. Negative art is the dark space in the picture. I'll show you many in this room, if not every one of you, you've seen this picture. Brandon, could you put up this picture with negative space? Now some of you, in your eyes, go to the girl, the young lady, right? Do y'all see the young lady in the picture? Okay, how many of you see the young lady in the picture? Okay, how many of you see the old woman in the picture? Negative space is the contrast of dark. It's the contrast of the dark light that allows you to see and it changes the, woo, it changes the image. This is good stuff, is it not? How about the next slide? The next slide you'll see, it looks like chaos all around. But it's really, when you see the white outline, what do you see, saints? A what? A ballerina. But if you look around the ballerina, if you look around the ballerina, what you see is chaos. What you see is contrast. What you see is a rub. And when negative space, come on somebody, when negative space happens, immediately think, where are you, God? Where are you? I'm going to self-medicate. I'm going to go fix my appetite. I'm going to go change the way I look. Or I'm going to God, I'm going to go seek somebody else's approval. Or God, I'm going to become more ambitious because I'm not what I need to be. And if my ambition hits, if I just can get to what King James has got, right, LeBron James, if I can just be like him, then I'll make my own kingdom and everybody will like me because the root of my need is approval. And God is taking this negative space. He's taking negative space and doing something with it. Negative space. You don't think it's powerful? How about the next one? What is it? I didn't hear you. What is it? I just want you to raise your hand. We'll call it out. How many of you see the negative space work? What is it? What is it, Seth? It's the what? It's the arrow between the E and the X. Do you see it? Raise your hand if you see it. You see the arrow? Because that's what happens. See, this is great. You, you should just Google this stuff. It's when I look at Amazon, look at everything. Like Amazon has a, uh, an arrow that goes from the bottom of A to over to Z because from A to Z they have it all. You should see what negative space, negative art. There's the arrow. The arrow always reminds you and I. It's this subliminal message that always reminds us that FedEx is always moving and will get your package there on time. There's the arrow and it's always been there whether you see it or not. It's called negative space or negative art. And here's what's beautiful about Jesus Christ. When the negative things come in our life, we are still created as workmanship. We are his workmanship created for good works so that everybody can see what's great about the Lord as when there's negative space, it really brings out a new image in us. And that image is who? Jesus. Jesus is the image 
of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Colossians 1 7, excuse me, 1 Genesis chapter 1. We are made in the image of God. Male and female, He created them. There is an image that needs to come out in us, and God uses the negative space to create it. Sometimes, What word do you see? Sometimes all we can see, all we can see is now. But the Bible says that we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. Sometimes all we can see is now. And sometimes all we think we can see is I am single, I don't have this, I don't have that. And the enemy is attacking and mercy wants to triumph. Because the reason why mercy triumphs is because now is not what's important, but this is what's important, somebody. Jesus has won. He has won. Robin, come over and play over me. The reason why we've got to spend time in prayer is because we come from a place of victory. No temptation to seize you except which is common to man. Come on, somebody, you already know the scripture. But God is what? Faithful. And he will provide a way out. Why? The way out is Jesus. The way out is Jesus. If I'm in a place where I'm going to be tempted to have someone else's approval, then I need to fix my eyes on Jesus. So the only thing that matters is his approval. Because remember, Satan is going to attack your appetite, he's going to attack your ambition, and he's going to attack your approval. He is a creature who is created and cannot be creative. I'm indebted to Knuckles, who's indebted to 3 dm Show me a lot of this stuff. It's interesting to me that God says that in the midst of wherever we are, there's one thing that can happen. And mercy trumps judgment. People run from God because they feel judged. The Israelites did that in Exodus 19. They had a chance to interact with God, but they were afraid of this judgment, so they didn't go to mouth. And so God took a select few. And today we have a chance, an opportunity to enter into the mercies of the Lord. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning in Lamentations. Great is his faithfulness. Hebrews 4, 16. That we can come to the throne of grace receive grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. Mercy, when my father was a judge, I had a teammate that got in trouble. My father was a judge in North Carolina. My father would always make people learn lessons. Everything was a lesson to it was something that you could learn. You're so smart, yet you're so humble. 
never cussed a day in his life, poor, grew up sleeping on hay. His parents died, you can ask my wife. They had nothing, nothing. But they knew, and he knew, that God was a God of mercy. And as a judge, he would always come from a place of mercy. That where somebody would be repentant, there would always be mercy. He watched his own mother when she was blind, get down on her hands and knees and scrub the foyer of First Baptist Church, China Grove, a small, nothing little town, and go jump blind and would scrub every Saturday morning, scrub on her hands and knees the foyer so it would be beautiful when people walked in. And then she would get up on that Sunday morning blind and she would play the piano like nobody else because she had memorized all the kids. Watched my grandmother sit by the rubber of her phone. She don't even know what I'm talking about. She sit there. Home. People need mercy. And God wants to give us mercy. We need to spend time with mercy. So if you're seeking Ambition, and you're saying, God, is this the right path? Is this the right way? I want you to know that if God has called you and you're running from that, this is how God deals with us. God doesn't say, John, you want to run away from me? That's not what God does. God takes his hand away from me and says, John, you want to go your way? I'll be like Luke 15. I'll be standing on the porch waiting for you. Come back, come back, prodigal. And you can go your own way, but here's what's going to happen your ambition is going to lead you to shame. Destroy your marriage, will destroy your work, will destroy you. You want everybody else's approval? It's just going to lead you away. Your appetites are going to lead you away. Still, listen, the schemes of the enemy doesn't. They don't change. But God's mercy is greater, and so we are going to worship Him through that. And so today, if you want to just say, God, I. I need some direction. I need some mercy to show me. He'll give it to you. God, I, I need you to be something for me that I'm seeking in others. I need you to be that. He'll give you that mercy. God, I just need to know that, you're, that I have your approval because when I pray, I don't even feel you. My circumstances, the negative space in my life screams that there's chaos. But in the middle of that, I'm going to trust today through the mercy of the Holy Spirit living within me. I'm going to trust that you're making beautiful art out of what I see as nothing. God can do something in the midst of our negative space to make his name great so that the image will be transformed. Today, if you want to experience his mercy, Father, that's my prayer for those in this room that need some mercy and want to just spend some time with you. Maybe the Lord needs some direction in the nation of ambitions and your ambition. Lord, maybe they want to seek you today that, that their appetites would be your appetite, that they would have a holiness continually broken for what you're broken for. Maybe, Lord, today they just need to feel you be approved. Sense your approval. 
feel your love. Maybe they need to be prayed over. Maybe there's, there's somebody that needs prayer for healing. Maybe they need prayer for uh, deliverance and guidance. Lord, you'll do it. But Lord, if we want to experience your mercy, here's a great way, an opportunity for us to do it. Your mercy is new every morning. So Lord, I don't know who in this room just wants to spend some time with you. If they physically are not able, all they got to do is raise their hand. We'll come to them. There'll be a lot of leaders in this church ready just looking around. And God, I pray that you would pour people down front to pray over people. Lord, your word says again, the devil took Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their splendor. And he said to him, I will give you all these things if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus told him, go away, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And Lord, the answer to ambition, the answer to everything is worship. Then your word says, then the devil left him and immediately angels came and began to serve him. And it was only the messengers of God that could bring the healing of God. And so today, Lord, maybe there's some people that need some messengers from God to bring healing. Lord, if there's someone in this room who stands in need of mercy, pray that they would just forgive you. If someone here is not saved, I pray that they would realize that when you can save them. They would realize their works, their actions, and all the stuff they know about the church world, it means nothing when we face them. Do we know you through Jesus? Gotta confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. God can lose Jesus from the dead. And Jesus is Lord. That is my prayer. So these next two songs, Lord, I pray that we just sit in your presence. Stand in your presence. Be praying in your presence. 